since you've left, it's got loads. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Giant Woody Show, brought to you by Stag Sports Performance Wear, the official supplier of all Rugby AM kit. Welcome back to the Giant Woody Show. Uh, sorry about last week, unforeseen circumstances, a little bit of show-changing news, and we've missed a fair bit. Justice for Oliver Holmes, he's on the return uh, ever <laughs> since the ban of the show. He's back in action. Uh, there's a new toughest man in sport. Joe Westerman takes the throne with a dislocated kneecap. Just slapped it back in. You couldn't put your ball back in, could you, Woody? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, meant to get Jackson Hastings on the show, but he uh, last minute dogged the boys. So too cool at Wigan, too cool for school. But we do have Jesse Santelafeo <laughs> and Pete Matadia on the show. Boys, how are we? Yeah, good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, what's up, bro? What's up? How's the drive in? Yeah. Um, Interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> the old lost my key trick. Yeah, I, um, yeah. No, I couldn't find my car keys, so just yeah. Uh, well, I drove his car. Yeah. yeah, it was it was royalty, really. They had me a coffee waiting. The car was running. Aircon well, up. We rocked up, not thinking we were going in his car. He had the baby seat still in there, right? So yeah. <laughs> we knew we weren't jumping this car straight away. So. Yeah, no, I couldn't find That's the keys. Right. I was going to give it a bit of a clean, you know, before we got there. But uh, no. We couldn't you... find this key, but he locked his house before he left. Yeah. <laughs> I, live in, I live in a safe environment. <laughs> Woody, how are we? How are we, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've been uh, mad busy this week. Yeah, uh, like what? I said, proper work, mate. Proper job, working, grafting, kitchens. Um, and the granite and marble yeah, in Osset. That's you know like where lie. you know where it is, guys. What, what you been doing? What you been what you been gotten on with? Just uh, work things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been doing fuck all. No, mate, I've been uh, I've been on the tools this week. To be honest, uh, we've we've been a man down. Lad took a, an holiday and is. It's meant that I've been on the tools this week. I've had to, to graft. So out, it's of the, been out of the office, no pen pushing no, straight on the No, out of the office, graft. mate. Out on the grafting. It's been necessity that I get out there. So. Oh, got, someone's got to lead the company. Yeah. What's the company's name again? And the Granite and Marble. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. Sweet ass. Right, boys, let's get into a bit of footy, will we? Shall we? Yeah, yeah. 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 To, who should we start with? Right, up and down. Up and down this year at the Cast Tigers, boys. A recent loss. But some, some wins in there. How, how are you finding the year? Very inconsistent mm. at the moment. Um, it's been tough, but um, these are the type of rides we we like as players. You know the big challenges, and yeah, um, once once everything clicks, um, hopefully if we're in that top five, things should um, start turning out for us. Yeah, and it's a good. I mean, when you're going well, cats there's no better place. But when you're going bad, oh geez, the fans they get on you, don't they? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's hard. Like um, for myself personally, I think that um, the the fans are being uh, a major support focus for us you know yeah. even though we're losing we still got fans after the game clapping us off and smiling but um like you said inconsistency um you know in the beginning of the year we we're, were saying it's because of injuries and then now we've got a few players back we're saying because it's players being inconsistent performing on the field mm. but um you know once we get our, our spine together i reckon once we get you know seven nine and one and six clicking i think we'll be unstoppable yeah Woody, what's your thoughts on Cass? Everyone, everyone sort of knows. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's your thoughts, bro? <laughs> no, I had a, I had a, obviously a bit of tongue-in-cheek comment then with Ollie, which uh, yeah, cascaded you. and cost Ollie the podcast spot. Every cloud you that brought, that, brought me in. You planned that, <laughs> His seat was still warm and I come in, but <laughs> do you know what? I, I love watching Cass. I love watching Cass play and um, obviously I worked with Pete when he was at Lee, so I want to see... Uh, 
players I know succeed and stuff. And like I say, it's just been a bit inconsistent, a bit up and down. But you have had the injuries, and you know we we speak about this quite often that you know to to get that. Um, you know, to get the ingredients all right on the field and off the field, there's so many elements that have got to come together to get a successful team and to get to that grand final. And it only takes one thing to be off. So it is difficult when you get injuries. I know one thing that rugby players and coaches don't like to do is use it as excuses. But in reality, injuries do play a big part in, in how your squad's rotated. But I think it's put Castleford in a good position for the future because the young kids that have come in, you know, that gives them the, the experience and, you know, would they have got that experience if the injuries wouldn't have happened, you know, Luke Gale being injured and, you know, Truman's come in there and done a great, a great job. So I think it's put you in a, in a good position, but there's high expect, expectations of Castleford now because you, we've reached that grand, you reached the grand final a few years ago and Dowell Pearl's done a magnificent job. He's turned Castleford round, there's no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate, you know, I know he's sitting fifth or sixth at the moment. I think equal fifth. Equal yeah. fifth. But, you know, once you get in that fifth position, you know, you guys, we've seen it in Super League, you know, um, Saints got beat by London, you know, anyone mm. can beat anyone on the day. So yeah. you just need coming into that playoff system, you just need that good run. And, you know, Castleford have got it in them, definitely. Yeah. I think Castle have got it in them. It's not, it's not uh, alarm bells or anything like that. And as, and as you touched on the other week, you don't really know what's going on and you sort of need that um, everything to click for your side to go well and there's no doubt in that when that all does click a side like Cass can be very mm. damaging um, I mean alarm. talking about alarm bells Leeds were sort of dead and buried a couple of weeks ago mm. a few wins they're only four points off the five you know mm. what I mean I mean uh, so look I think I, th I think Castle still get into that five. I think they will. They're going to get some bodies back, and um, we'll see how we go. But stay yeah, on. That's the difference, bro. We're getting bodies back. They're signing bodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Ooh. Ooh. laughs> staying on top five. Staying on Castle. Oh. Staying on Castle. Yeah. Uh, not Castle. Sorry. Going on to Leeds. Leeds were the kings at, at sort of just having a dog shit. Well, not a dog shit season, but a very average season. And then straight away as that run yeah. comes into the playoff, bang, yeah. they hit form, and then they'd win grand yeah. finals. And you know, three months before, yeah. you would never have, you know, put them in that position. So you know, you guys get your injuries back. Del Pearl works his magic, and you all click, and all of a sudden you could win that grand final. I think it's so open the the, the grand final spot at the moment. I do. Saints obviously are looking favourites, yeah. but. No, no. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Saints definitely the favourites, but I think Wigan, they're, they're coming up the radar without anyone mm. knowing. And we all know what Wigan like. They're always tough. And when it gets to the playoffs, if they make it, they're, mm. they're always a big chance of making it. Um, I, 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 want, play I want Warrington to win it. I do. I want Warrington to win the first grand final. But I'll be honest with you, they're sitting second in the league. I don't think they're playing particularly well. Yeah. You know, I think. Saints are, are nailed on. I think Hull have got a chance of getting there. I think they've, you know, on the day they Hull's can be dark horse. I mean, they're just floated on the radar, sitting second. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I, I, they've just floated under the yeah. radar. Maybe it's just mm -hmm. less TV games or, or whatever, but they've just snuck right up the ladder. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it should be an interesting end of the season. What's the chat like, sort of, you know, in the video room, in the sessions? Is Powley sort of pushing you to, or you're not really too worried about them? Top two, just just consistent efforts and getting you in that five or. Yeah, at the moment we're just trying to worry about ourselves and trying to fix where we're going wrong and trying to find out what is going wrong with our team. And like you said, we've got a lot, a lot of young kids playing at the moment, and and they're learning. They're learning at the same time as trying to win games, big games for us. Um, mm. But like you said, we're, we're like four points off the off sec, off third spot, and then we're also four four points off eighth spot. So yeah. it's tough. But yeah, like 
once once we start clicking, hopefully things will go away and we should get a roll on. Yeah, yeah cool. even um, like you said, like in in in, in our video <coughs> rooms and that, um, Pally's painting the picture for the future of what we can um, what we can achieve. Yeah. Mm. So for us as players, we can see where we we will land if we win certain games, and we see where we land if we lose certain games. Yeah. And um, I think that plays a big part on what's what's about to come. You know, for the next six to seven weeks, we got a good um, story that we need to build. Yeah. And at the moment, we're at chapter one, and we failed the first one. But mm. be ready, bro. We're it's like a up. it's a pressure valve situation, really, isn't mm. it? I mean, lose a couple, you're in the hot seat. Win a couple, the pressure's sort of mm. off, and, yeah. you're, and you're comfortable there. So like, uh, no. We'll get straight into the player profile. Player profile. Yeah, yeah. We? Shall we start with uh, with Pete? Go on, who, uh, born in Bankstown in New South Wales, Australia. Hey, two double O. What? I didn't even know. <clears throat> so, Sam from uh, Bankstown, there, Pete. Tell us a little bit about your your younger days and what got you into rugby. Um, yeah, my parents are both sporting people and. Um, Nigel Bunga is my first cousin, so growing up in the Bulldogs area, he was playing for the Canary Bulldogs, who became our favourite team growing up as kids. And yeah, just wanted to be like him growing up. And I, I think that's how I just started. And my brothers wanted to copy me, and yeah, just went on from then. Rocket Rod Silver. Yeah, yeah, fullback. He was, yeah, he was my, a gun, man. I was a Bulldog fan, bro. Oh, I used to enjoy that as well. <laughs> hey, but, well, Nigel Bunga and the family, we'll sort of skip ahead. That's a, geez, not a bad sporting family. Four, four. NRL players as brothers and a cousin and maybe the better one the better brother yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> 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 no I mean the, the, uh, is it Shoney's play for Australia yeah, as well? Shoney, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's, he's the second best but family. he's doing good mm. uh, he's doing alright for himself yeah, nice. Uh, right, where, where did it? Um, where did the first professional contract come? I think because we played against each other, didn't we? Under twenties. Um, how did that come about? And then what was it like? Did you move away from home? Yeah, so my parents split up when I was about eleven. So then we moved up to Newcastle. Woke up one morning, my mum's got six bags packed, and yeah, we just took the train up there. Uh, moved into her um, her godparents' house, and just went from there. Really became Novocastrians, and. Yeah, got our first contract at Newcastle. Because it's a real, um, it's a real passionate rugby league. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Cass, eh? Like they're they're real, pr they're just a real proud rugby town. Do you know what I mean? Um, whenever you hear, well, whenever you hear talk, people talk about the past in Newcastle and Novocastrian, obviously you get that '98 grand final feel, which is I still remember this day. Gives me goosebumps. But Darren Albert getting up there, getting up there. Um, but yeah, how did you find Newcastle? Were you playing with all, all your brothers there, or no? Just two of you playing together, wasn't it? Um, when in the when you went to under twenties. Uh, twenties, yeah. I got to play one of them in the twenties, um, and then I ended up moving to St George after a couple of years of NRL and come back to Newcastle. 2017 I think and then I got to play for all three of my brothers so how good was that what was that like it was pretty cool it was a it was a, a, something that I I thought I had to do otherwise mm. I would have been thinking the rest of my life what would it have been like so it was it was great it was great for my mum um, she worked two jobs growing up as kids trying to give us everything we could and yeah it's just good to um you know get to see all the hard work pay off mm. so just so, a question for you bro um, I already know the answer but I think it's um pretty special to share what your your mum done for herself she she's raised seven kids but not just the four boys that were very successful in sport you said you had sisters that are pretty professional and but is it basketball or 
What, what sport uh, one of my play? sisters played, yeah, she, she's a, she played professional volleyball. That's um, it. But yeah, just tell us what the lifestyle was like um, growing up with seven kids, one mum as a worker, her dropping used to training. How, how did that all work, systemise? It was tough. We, um, we depended on a lot of our friends' parents who mm. were grateful for these um, till this day. They, they helped us out. They knew what my mum was going through. And, yeah, um, you know, that's what's good about our sport. You know, it's, it's, it's bigger than just the game. Yeah. Um, it's a big family. Everyone likes to help each other out. And whether one or two of the kids make it growing up, everyone makes it. So, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's, a, it's a great bonus for our sport. It's almost like that, that, would, that, was the, that would be like a, well, I can't speak for you, obviously, but it would be like an ongoing drive for you and all your brothers to all get to that stage and be like, Mom, we made it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone <coughs> made it. So good, it. bro. It was, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Would yeah. So, what the t- so did? Would you guys have held the NRL record for like three siblings on the well, same Burgess, field? And all Burgesses have had four on, haven't they? No. Yeah. Would you say you we've, four? We've never all four played at the same time. Yeah. So just but the we, three. The max was three. Yeah. 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 Still. But I got to play all three of them, oh, so yeah. it was yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, <coughs> oh, and during the time was it was it is during the time you got the injury at um. I was at Newcastle before Newcastle. I went to St. George. Just for, obviously, I already know about it, but if everyone that doesn't, um, <coughs> exactly what happened, and it sort of almost cut your career short, didn't it? Yeah, uh, 2013, um, I got elbowed in the throat and broke my larynx. Um, and at the time, I didn't know, but every time I was taking a breath in, my throat was blocking up with blood. So I got taken off, and I was laying down on the bench in the sheds, and our doctor pulled out a, a scapula and said, I might need, use this just in case. So I started shooting myself. I didn't know like what he meant. Mm. Um, ambulance came about 20 minutes later, took me to hospital. Um, and I was just laying in one of the rooms and my mum said, I'll see you later. You know, I'll see you after, um, you know, you get your scans and stuff. So I jumped into the CAT scan and just completely stopped breathing. And I didn't know what was wrong at the time. And I tried to climb out of the CAT scan. The nurse was trying to hold me down and I was just, you know, throwing them off, just scared, started crying. And I reckon for at least, a minute, I couldn't breathe, and I just said, "This is it. I'm, I'm daddy," and just passed out. Woke up, and there was just blood all over my bed. And yeah, doctor said I was lucky to be alive. He um had to cut my throat open and chuck a chuck a tube down my throat. So yeah, wow. that's crazy. that is crazy. Now, I mean, something you obviously breathing is something you take for granted. It's not until you're underwater a bit too long when you feel like, oh, shit. This is this is a bit fucking dicey. But no, you look. You came through that, um, and then you moved to Cass. Oh, you moved to Lee first. Yeah, came to Lee. Um, enjoyed every bit of it, mm. you know, despite like what happened. During I, a pretty rough time, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The, the club was good to me. The town was good to me. Got to meet great people who are like my family now. So, it's, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I just think we, we went to the Fev game and um, we watched Lee versus Fev on oh, the yeah. weekend. And honestly, bro, we sat with the Lee, um, the Lee fans and... We've just walked like all Lee fans, just picture red, right? Mm. Me and P's walking, and then they just start singing his song. Right. Like, to this day. Like, he's left the club, you know, he's moved on to Cass and everything, and they still got the P- Peter Mattel Tia song, you yeah. know. And then, like, during the game, if it just goes quiet, they, they just end up singing him. And, yeah. and we're watching Lee, they're watching Lee, and they're singing Peter. Not a bad rap. Yeah, but, me and Woody go back to Fever, get lynched. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. yeah, that so is, I can, that I is really understood how, how Lee was so so special to him and the family, yeah. especially with what they had to go through. It was mm. massive. It, it was is certain. a very family orientated club, Lee. That yeah. is one thing that is really special about it. And the fans, they are good. Yeah. Even during the dark times, yeah. the fans are, you know, they stay pretty, pretty loyal. Lee is a, I live, 
about 10 minutes outside of Lee. Lee is a rugby town, like like Wigan, it's a yeah, rugby yeah. town. And they just, you know, they just thrive for rugby league. And, you know, again, it's, we said it the other week, in Wigan, you look at rugby players are like Hollywood stars. And it's a bit like that in Lee, you know, they don't really have much else mm. within the uh, community. There's no football team as such, like a professional football team. So rugby league is like the, you know, the heartlands of it. Did you find that? Um, you know, completely different when you came over to England compared to being in Australia. Uh, just having it's similar to Newcastle, the one town team kind of thing, but the fans were the big difference. Back home, we've got twice as big crowds, but they're only allowed once something exciting happens. We're here, they're just constantly singing from start to finish. Yeah. Like even when it's you know nothing's going on, it's it's exciting every time. Every time my family come over and watch me play, it's. It's um they they can't get over how good it is you know um, and I'm lucky to be same at the jungle the jungle's one of the best places I've ever played at when mm. it's when it's packed and yep. it makes it makes a rugby player want to play even yeah. more you know what I mean when you turn up like that so yeah it's um I really like the lean I enjoyed every bit of it the jungle's definitely one of the one of the most exciting places I've played. I always remember playing at Cass in 2006 and uh, at the One time... One of you don't remember the way because you got... No, this was the, this was the oh. time I got flogged actually by Ryan Goldwyn. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, we uh, and, and one of the fans at the time, there was a programme on TV called Ball Selector and um, there was a guy and he, um, what's his name, the guy who does Ball Selector? Oh, you know, you know, I um, oh, forget his name. Anyway, cut a long story short, he used to call this character, he used to be on here, and he used to say cocknose all the time. <laughs> and this little cast fan was only about 10 years old and I was walking back and he went, hey, Paul Wood, cocknose. And I was just <laughs> fucking hot lads, all my own teammates just started out busting laughing and said, it's done you a 10 year old. That lad now would be about, 23 years of age so if he does want to fight and he wants to meet up somewhere <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> it was probably was. Ollie Holmes yeah, yeah. but no they are um, they are good fans very passionate yeah it's a great place yeah. man I think we we talk it up a fair bit on Twitter and it makes the, the other boys from the other team from overseas want to play there as well I was talking to Cootie when um, Saints pumped us in the stadium he was more excited about what the atmosphere was like and pretty sure Saints they had heaps of fans that yeah. night as well so yeah. you know it's, it's pretty cool that other fans travel up and, and make it make it's it an old atmosphere. traditional ground as well yeah. so mm, it's yeah. like it's not a modern ground it's uh, that's the only downside to playing though is that the, the changing rooms are tiny and you just yeah. have two <laughs> toilets and yeah. it's you get used to it playing there though it's more hostile for people to come there and be in a facility that's not that's not mm. too crash hot but that you sort of that becomes it, it your home it, you know yeah. what I mean it, would, it wouldn't make much of a it would make a lot of a difference moving to a nice new stadium. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it sort of oh, takes, it takes the the vibe, the feel out of it. But um, yeah. So 2017, then 2018. Uh, let's speaking of the jungle, you moved to Cass. Totally fucked my Super League career by taking. Nah, <laughs> 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 uh, relegated me to the championship. Joel Monahan, Joel Monahan fucked your career up. <laughs> That's where you get when you're with Joel Monahan. Uh. <laughs> nah. Um, Look, you sort of already touched on it, but your time at Cass, it's it has been it has been good. I mean, it, it is a it is a family club as well, isn't it? And I mean, um, well, I can only speak from experience there, but it is, every, everyone seems really tight knit. Um, all the boys are really close, aren't they? Yeah, since you've left, it's got heaps tight. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into that one. Hey. Uh, no, it's, it's really good, man. Oh, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, 
You know, the spoil time on the field. It's filthy. What a man was. Since, since you've left English and the overseas boys have mended a yeah, lot better. Mended right? better. Yeah. Where, where good, you were always in the middle trying to stir shit up. So, yeah. it's a great, great job the club got rid of you. Looks like you're doing good yourself. Anyway, you wanted to lose, eh? Yeah, to lose, to lose. Yeah. What'd you say? First team to win then six years. What is it? Yeah. First team to win. No, five teams. Five teams. Five teams. Five teams have won there in the last like five years or something. So, and Bradford Bulls are one of them. Where the the upcoming, the uprising. Uh, surging standard 20 carries eh, bro? yeah yeah you know it is put on an absolute clinic for free too <laughs> um, anyway look well, <laughs> I'm still I'm gonna need a little break to get over that I'm still one. laughing um, <laughs> that was a class comment that look, we'll end part one there and we'll be back right after this <laughs> <laughs> Calling all amateur clubs and community sports teams. Do you need help in simplifying the bid, writing and funding process? Sportsfunding.co.uk can help your club gain access to community awards of up to £10,000 and capital funding of up to £500,000. Whether you need funding to improve your facilities or to run your community project, sports funding can help. Want to find out more? Visit sportsfunding.co.uk. Right, welcome back to the Dry and Woody Show. Uh, we're going to go on to Jesse Senelafeo's profile. Um, right, straight off the bat, it says you played two games for Samoa. That's got to be a low shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. where did it all begin? Western Sydney? Yeah, well, well I'm born in um, Wellington in New Zealand. And then uh, we moved to Brisbane when I, when I was around eight years old. Yeah. And then my auntie from Western Sydney told us to come down. And then, yeah. We, we caught a train from Brisbane down to to Emu Plains, and we lived in the Riff. Well, Bris Vegas to Emu Plains, he's bad the <laughs> worst. Um, run us through what it's like growing up out there. Uh, there's a big Polynesian community out west, obviously, isn't there? Run yeah. us through what it's like um, the people that don't know growing up out Western Sydney. Okay, so um, Western Sydney, um, what I reckon is that um, NRL is the pinnacle yeah. of of being successful, right? And if you don't make NRL, you work in the factory. Yeah. Um, if you become successful in the factory, you own your own business and you support the NRL boys. Mm. So who, if you're from the area and you make it in like Penrith Panthers, you're the man. Like yeah. everyone look up to you and that's what everyone, everyone at school and you know, coming through Kingswood High School, everyone wants to be an NRL player. Yeah, and if if we if we miss, then everyone will go to union, and if you didn't make it in union, you'd be in the factory. Everyone wanted to be. I mean, growing up there, <coughs> Benji Marshall with the rat's tail dyed <laughs> dyed uh, blonde. Every single time I would go play out in Western Sydney, even the front rowers were doing goose steps. I mean, it was just like it was bizarre, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, going to school, everyone had the same haircut. All the all the Polynesian kids had the same haircut. Same. Yeah. I mean, front rowers from cut out balls and goose steps, but he sort of changed the whole um, demographic of rugby league, didn't he? Yeah, like the the mullets and and that is is one thing, and the ratties. But um, with with the ball playing, um, I think that come from Western Sydney. That come from a lot of the park footy. Yeah. Um, in in the, in the area, um, about five o'clock or four o'clock in in our local housing commission areas, there's always a big park, mm. and every every local boy will come down and will play touch, and I think it come from there. That's where all the offloads come. That's where all the Benji steps come out, 
and all the flick passes and stuff like that. And and I can I can say like some of the greats that are playing now all started at Chugir Park, mm. where the hill was. There's this hill there called the Chugir Hill. And honestly, we always say that that's where dreams are made. Yeah, Because yeah. everyone that debuts for Penrith or makes first grade has done Chugir Hill. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And any kid can show up. Eh, from any the kid, whole any kid. And I'm telling you now, most of the, the, the best kids on the block don't play first grade. Yeah. It's the guys who worked hard and stayed back after touch to run the hill. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, there's yeah. always testimonies on that Chugir Hill, and it's very special to the area. But um, yeah, we have people catching buses from, from the area just to get to Chugir and run the hill. Mm. So. It's funny you say that because even throughout rugby league, whether you're talking your local area, my local area, the guys who work the hardest make it in rugby league. Mm. There's so many stories about, you know, I was never the best player in the team, but I was the one who went on to play more games than anybody else, either play international, whatever it is. It's always the guys who work hard. Rugby league's so <laughs> simple as a sport. You've just got to have that work ethic, bit of desire, probably a little bit of luck as well. Um, but you know you have a great chance of doing it if you're willing to work hard. Yeah, yeah look hey, at back in Oz, they have this comp, right? It's uh, on the same week as the NRL Grand Final. Right? It's called the Aboriginal Knockout. Mm. And if you don't make the NRL Grand Final and you're Aboriginal, you normally go back and play in that competition. And the competition is based on um, made up of teams from where you live, right? And you know you've got players like Greg Inglis, Dane Gagai. Dylan Farrell go back and play and they are nowhere near the top 10 players in that competition yeah. it's just because yeah. they work the hardest to get yeah. to where they are yeah. and the talent's unbelievable like you see guys overweight but are faster than Greg Inglis it's yeah. ridiculous yeah. to watch I think um, one of the big words I think is um, sacrifice <coughs> you know you've got to when you, when you want to be a professional sportsman whether it's rugby or whatever even if you want to be a successful businessman you look, you look at people's autobiographies, it's all about how much sacrifice they made when everybody else was going nightclubbing and doing the things that they shouldn't have been doing. They was the ones staying at home, doing the hard work, where it was editing the books, extra gym sessions, speed sessions. And it's just like a, a good lesson for any like youngsters that are listening, that yeah. you know the hard work, the work ethic gets you a long, long way. Mm. I think with, with that as well in, in our area, it's very easy to, to jump on a different road. Right, yeah. um, us Polynesians are obviously big, and we're more more targeted from different gang-related um, activities. And they use the Polynesian kids that are in school to to do the dirty work because mm. of their size and the way they look. So for us, it's easy to make like someone that has, that has no money, and then to make rugby league and NRL, you have to work hard, sacrifice, and then you get paid, huh? Mm. Yeah. But if someone come up to you and go, look, I'll give you. You know, two hundred dollars <coughs> to drop this off here. That's easy cash. Yeah. People yeah. want the quick you know fix me? there, right? And and, and and some kids are, are really good rugby players, but man, if their mum and dad need money, mm. um, are you gonna wait three years to make big money? Or, or this might, hour make two hundred two hundred dollars yeah. and mm. give it to your parents? Or not or not to make it at all and sort of like the yeah. double edged sword with it is when you speak about that hill and uh, how many people came from there and, and was always playing there as a kid. It's how many people got got lost to, to the system there as well. Yeah. Uh, you see it all the time, especially <coughs> where I'm from. Where I'm from, there's a there's a lot of um young young Aboriginal kids that that are so talented, right? Yeah. But then they just they wouldn't want to put in the work, and then mm. and they just wouldn't rather not do it. And I was like, and it's not just Aboriginal kids; it's white yeah, kids yeah. and Polynesian kids, and and, and all and all, all over Australia. But it, it's just it's crazy how. Uh, hard work is probably the key in the end. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. The talent, the talent of some of these kids yeah. was like, like, you speak about the Aboriginal knockout and players 
uh, being better than better than Greg Nurse and stuff. I think a good example is um is uh Willie Tonga and Essie Tonga. Yeah. They've got a, a another brother called Tioni Tonga who who is just straight killer on a rugby field, right? But never played it at that level. Okay. And they both admit they'll both admit to you that he he was one of the he was one of the better of the brothers, but yep. he just never went down that route. And it's, yeah. just, it's, just, it's just really strange, isn't it? The, 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 um, got sent an old picture of, uh, was 12 years old at kids. We won every single trophy that you could win in the country, Wigan, Town Team, uh, under 12s. On that picture, there was 20 lads. There were 19 players, I'd say, what were better than me, but they just wasn't willing to work that little bit harder than me. Mm. Um, no one person was, Sean O'Loughlin, because he was on it. Uh, he worked a bit harder than me and achieved a lot more. But, you know, the rest of them, I always look at that picture and say, why did he not make, you know, a Super League appearance or why did he never play international honours? Because mm. those kids, they was all playing, like for your Englands and, and that type of thing because it was big. And, but when it comes to playing the grafting, they just wasn't willing to do it. And, you know, I, I've obviously retired from playing my rugby now, but I take the same principles into my work life you know I've got to work harder than anybody else I ain't the smartest I know for a fact I ain't yeah, and I've certainly. got a lot lot to <laughs> I've got a lot to learn you know and uh, you know on the on the back of uh, just hard work you know I'm, I'm I can sit here today I can be pretty proud of of what I've achieved you know I left school with nothing and I've got a master's degree for a bit of hard work do mm. you know what I mean yeah. I've you know I'm, I'm in, a, in a decent job now just for grafting my arse off you know I had a big argument with someone the other week they said I'm lucky I said, I'm not lucky. I said, I'd make me own, you know, I've, I've, yeah. I graft, I, you know, you when other people are, yeah, yeah. are doing fuck all, I'm, I'm, I'm out grafted. I think the yeah. comments from people that say, oh, you're lucky you've, you've got all this, and it's like, right, if you only knew what mm. everyone sacrificed here, and not just what we sacrificed, it's what our family sacrificed, like our partners and stuff and kids. They don't yeah. have weekends. Yeah. Because the like, weekends are at the footy. Like my the parents never had a weekend. My grandma didn't have a weekend in her life, right? She would just would take me to the footy. She'd drive me out and in the competition I grew up in, I'm talking like Byron Bay to Kyogle. Like the same one competition and the, the ground's an hour and fifty minutes away, like two yeah. hours away, three hours away yeah. to Grafton. Every weekend. I mean they got lives, they wanna um, play rugby they want us to, you know, do well and uh, eventually we do. So like that picture of that iceberg thing that everyone sees you can look it up yeah, on Google yeah, yeah. they only yeah. see the tip of it when yeah. the, bigger, the bigger part of the iceberg is under the water and that's what no one sees really mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly yeah. like getting mountain top eh? no one goes no one wants to go through the valley yeah. but yeah. they just want to get to mountain top or oh, get yeah, deep in the oh, I've got goosebumps look at this shit eventually from Tregea Hill to <laughs> Penrith Panthers you got to the leagues club a few one outs out the front maybe but um <laughs> no nah, look you got there you played um this is where obviously we met and um for people that don't know I'll tell you how we met. We met in reserve grade. Oh, um, no. We met in reserve grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was out there playing for the Windsor Wolves. I was playing for West Tigers reserve grade. The scores are tight. I'll paint the picture for you. It's, it's head to head, right? Someone needs to come up with the big play. Oh. It gets shifted to the left edge, which is obviously where I do my best work with the Bill Payne leg. Anyway, I've come off it on an unders ball, and I've just I've had the beeline for someone. Step in, Jesse Sandler Fayo. Boom. I hit him with both. He just went sit down. <laughs> I went straight over top of him, put the ball down, looked him in the eyes, and I just give that <laughs> up in his face. <laughs> tell the truth. Tell the truth, man. Has been telling the story for the last three years. Just tell the truth. I got off the okay, just tell for everyone that knows. Hey. There's, there's whispers that it's a rumor. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna find the footage. I'm not gonna get it. Sounds <laughs> so, <laughs> similar to what QRT done to him for Halifax. <laughs> you must have missed that. Yeah, QRT. <laughs> <laughs> I got him good. Um, no, look. Oh man. Yeah, just, 
just okay if you want to continue the facade that that's a lie we will but uh you went to windsor wolves um you didn't get your crack there but sort of every cloud has a silver lining you moved to manly yeah where you everyone including me thought you're never gonna crack there but um, you, did. <laughs> uh, you did run us through like you know obviously you're 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 you weren't doing it very easy as well you're working nights um you're sacrificing a lot you would have had your uh first and second child by then yep um run us through what that was like and your sort of um your leap to uh the nrl stage <clears throat> okay um well obviously coming out of 20 the normal route to nrl is you get signed full time and um I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anything. So um, I was in kind of a mix. I just had my first kid. Um, I was 18, 19 years old. Um, so I had to get a job, and I still wanted to play rugby because I still had this dream in my head that I'll play NRL somewhere, but I don't know where. And then um, I had, I got a second job, which was security. So my day, my normal days would look like my seven in the morning to three o'clock in the afternoon would be my day job. And I used to run in the cellar, change kegs, do beer lines for the RSL. And then from Thursday to Sunday, I would double shift Thursday, Friday, and I would work in, as a security guard. So I would start at 8 o'clock at night after training and go to 1.30 in the morning. And then for me, on Thursdays and Fridays, it was easier for me to drive straight from my night job straight to my day job and then sleep in the car for two or three hours. Then I'll go back to work at 7 in the morning. You know what I mean? It was just quicker. Mm. And then on the weekends, I would I would work in the, the morning, go to my rugby game, come back for my 8 o'clock start and finish at 6 in the morning. And then I would just continue. Mm. And then I got my first grade, um, first grade contract and I was like, yes, I can quit one job. So I quit my seller job. I quit my seller job, and but I kept my, my security job going because, uh, you know, I, I just had my second kid. This is when I went to Manly. Yeah. So then... For Manly, um, I just uh, I had a really good off season, and I played uh, three minutes and forty seconds <laughs> on two thousand thirteen round one. Payday though, baby. All right. All right. I, I played three minutes and forty seconds, and I was like, "Yes, I made it!" But man, when you make your f debut, um, and it's been a dream for so long, mm. it's, it's it's like a drug. Like you you want more, mm. and I only got three minutes. The next time I played first grade was. The very next year, 2014, round one against Melbourne, and I played eight minutes, right? And then I went on from from that one game. I played every game bar one, 2014, and then I made my my appearance for Tosa Moi. Then I went on and played in the Four Nations, and I signed a three-year contract with Manly. What was it like making making your debut and telling like you, were you the first of your brothers to play? Yeah. What was it like for both <coughs> of you? Um, when you found out you were debuting and how did it come about? Because I know, I know for me, the dream of playing NRL died. And as you said, um, it's every young kid's dream. Like that was the dream. I, I, I remember promising my grandpa when I was eight years old, I'll play NRL. And like, I thought, you know, that's just an eight year old kid. But the, the dream did die. And I didn't debut until I was 24. My grandpa passed away since then. And um, I remember calling my grandma and just saying, I'm getting a crack. And I was like, <laughs> just mad. like, like I was hovering off the ground. I'm like, I'm playing. Yeah. She flew down and I remember we got pumped by the roosters. It was, it was eight, it was, it was 
four all or something at half time, and they ended up absolutely pumping us. But um, I scored our only try, and I just remember throwing a ball up into the crowd in Leichhardt, and I, uh, it was almost like a, um, you know, when you pull out a phone and you got that portrait mode and everything else blurs. Yeah, yeah. I could just see my nan in the crowd, and I was just like, this is sick. Like that was it yeah. for me. But what was it like for you guys? Well, um, yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. No, I'm sweet. <laughs> 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 Was it expected? Did it come about through with someone else's injury? That's yeah, how I, I, got, I got caught in late because yeah. um, James McManus was injured. Yeah. And um, I could only tell my parents and my, my brothers and that. But they were buzzing. But my goal was to play for all my brothers, not just to debut. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was one of the best days. I had all my family drive down from Newcastle, all my family in Sydney come. And, um, yeah, it was, it was good. Mm. My debut was it was a bit hard because it was in Brisbane. Yeah. So for my family to come up, they had to pay fares and mm. and stuff like that. And for me to get three minutes forty seconds, yeah. um, it, it was like happiness because I got on the field. Yeah. But then like, oh, we, we want more. We want more. You know what I mean? Oh, well, mm. I wanted more, but I just felt bad to my family. I was like, sorry, sorry. But at the same time, I was proud. Yeah. Because I took the step. Hey. But. The clubs are really stepping in now, and when you're making the debut, they're making a big thing about it for a mm. kid coming through, but <laughs> they weren't making a big thing about that. Maybe they don't make a big thing about the Polynesian kids because they know they've got a family of 50. They've got a family <laughs> of Brisbane. <laughs> but um, no, like, I remember just, mate, Robbie Farris said a couple of words and just chucked me in my jersey. That was it. There weren't no cameras. But now they're making, like, a big deal of yeah. it, and then they're helping the families out by, you know, saying, we'll fly everyone down. It's a massive occasion. Because for me at the time, I was like, this is... I don't know if this is going to happen again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Luckily, I got another few before the season finished. But yeah, like that was, it was pretty special for me. What was it like with, I mean, your um, debut 45 years ago, mate? <laughs> uh, 45 years, yeah, 2000, my debut. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I always remember, it, it's funny, like when you, if you put it out there, you have a chance of achieving something. Yeah. You know, if you put it out there and out in the universe and you tell people and, you know, you, you have a bit of accountability about it, I, I believe you can achieve anything. And my dream was always to play rugby league professionally. Mm. And like I said it a couple of weeks ago, grew up in Wigan and Wigan just a massive rugby town and there was like Hollywood stars. So, yeah, I remember Darrell Vanderville at the time. He used to... Uh, Used to be the coach at Warrington and rang me up and said I was going to debut Wakefield away and it was oh, it was Imagine. shit talk. I was brilliant, but I always remember because Alan Lang was playing for Warrington at the time and I was like a skinny kid. I was playing front row, and um, I felt they had these baggy shirts at the time. They weren't skin tight. They're baggy, so I picked Alan Langer to do the shield hits on the warm up, so I looked a little bit bigger and a <laughs> little bit more intimidating. Uh, but yeah, it's just unbelievable. I only played about fifteen minutes, but I just I just tried to do everything yeah. and. At the time, I thought I'd done a great job, and my coach came up to me after and said, you know what, he said he was like an eggless chicken. <laughs> and I thought, fucking hell, I was trying my hardest. It's just not impress you, but... But you're said, shitting yourself. It's, you're just shitting yourself. it's just experience, in it? And, um, you know, you try your best, but, you know, you just like you say, it's a drug, you want more. So yeah. when you know you've got 15 minutes of a game left and you get put on, it's just got to be, you know, your best possible performance so you get another shot, but yeah, it's nothing yeah. better. But, yeah, it's, uh, I bet that three minutes, though, felt a little bit longer yeah, well, than uh, <laughs> three minutes. I, I trained mainly as a centre, and then I played front row. <laughs> it was just because I, I did really well in the pre-season. I think it was like a reward. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you went on to play nearly every game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, must have been... But that was like a whole year later. You yeah. know what I mean? So I had to try and like, I, I think that year that I missed out, because I sat on the bench four times, but you only used 16 players. 
mm. in that 2013. Still get a matchy? Yeah, of course you get a matchy. Ooh, okay. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like you, that whole year, I didn't, at this time before, I used to be like, wow, man, this guy's not playing me, why? Yeah. But then I look back now and I went, that was like the valley, mm. you know, going through the valley yeah, yeah. to get to the top. And, and it created character, it mm. created um, resilience. And yeah. it just for myself, I believed in myself. I mean, I was, honestly, I was so impressed with what you were saying earlier about, you know, having the two jobs and then sticking it out. And, you know, when you've got that goal and you work extra, extra hard and, you, you know, I, I use the word sacrifice, that is sacrifice to do two jobs and then, you know, go on yeah. to your rugby as well. And, you know, it, it must mean, well, it must feel so, so much better knowing that, for all that hard work because there's times where you'd have wanted to give up surely because I would have been I wouldn't have been able to do it I'd have been burnt out yeah oh it's funny you say that like um, that's what that's why I think I got the edge because um, I believe in God eh so I know everyone's a bit shaky on the subject but during those hard, hard times I, I knew in my mind that God had given me a talent and it's only selfish of me not to um, showcase this talent and give value to, to the people who don't believe so when I walk on the field, I, I say I'm shining God's light mm. and I hope someone sees me and goes, why is this guy like this? Why is this guy happy? Why is this guy a good player? Or why is he like this? And I, I can say, I'm, I'm, I'm living for God, you know? Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and if it helps someone to, to know him, then I've done my job. If it doesn't, it's all right, you know? Because yeah. no one's perfect. Mm. But in my mind, I know that I'm, I've given these talents or whatever I do on the field, uh, it's given to me. And why not use it? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like if I have a secret that can give you internal life, why should I hide it? I mm. should give it out. Uh, yeah. That's why the good people, they give like this and the bad people hold everything tight. They don't give it I away. I think mm. as well, what, what the, the thing that I get as well, that people who believe in, in, in a God is that they have faith as well. So when you're going through those difficult mm. times, you actually have faith yep. that the good is going to happen. And I think that, if you've got that faith in something that because what what i'm talking about here is when you're going through bad times if you've got some type of faith you know that it's this is it's not the right time for me 2013 wasn't the right time for you yeah, to make yeah. your nrl yeah. you know well you made your debut but not to play for that year but it made you a stronger person for 2014 14. so you know mm. you've just got to have when I'm trying to achieve a goal now, I have a faith in something mm. that is gonna, you know, give me the right thing at the right time. And it's not always when we want it, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> and that is yeah. the key. The key is sticking we. by something and saying, Do you know what? I know I want it now, but it's not the right time. And you the know, saying it will if come. you if you believe in Christian, the saying is um God's time mm. or God's plan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to like make everything oh you know because he's Christian no, but, but I, if you put it in in, in normal terms <coughs> that's exactly how you say it bro there's, there's, that's exactly there's, how you say it there's a lot of um, he took his time with me 16 <laughs> years from London to be honest the real reason why Jesse was never burned out for training is because he got free pizza every night <laughs> <laughs> every night I get snapchats of Jesse's six boxes of pizza so Come he, on, he, low, got, he got low, all bro. the protein and carbs he needed for training so. <laughs> 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 but, like, but like you said if you didn't have a faith in the bad times all you'd be thinking about is all the bad things that happen at the time yeah you know and I mean? it's, if people can find well at least you got something positive to look forward yeah, to during if, that tough time as you said it, it's your light if people can find light in anything whether it be religion or whatever 
all the, all the best here. Uh, that's why I've got no I've got no drama. I'm a bit weird with religion. Anyone that knows me, but if you can if it's <coughs> what if it works for you and you find something in it and you can help someone else with it, that's that's, all good. that's why this podcast is not generally just about rugby league and the. But we fuck could, is we, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Just <laughs> situation when I came to gas, he didn't. He wasn't thinking positive. You know, yeah. he wasn't. Oh, I'll be alright. He was like, I'm fucked. <laughs> 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 That's the. Uh, <laughs> if he had some sort of faith, it'd be like, it's alright, something will work out. You know? Well, I left St. Kilda away. Straight away. Right? He sent me abusive messages the whole week. No. <laughs> one of the, one of the first books, when I, uh, when I met you, Pete, one of the uh, books that I recommended. Jesse's seen it. You know, that little the, white book on my little. Oh, table. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Power of Positive Thinking, Thinking by yeah, uh, yeah, Norman yeah. Vince Peel. He talks a lot about faith and. Yeah. Uh, uh, a guy who I'm into a lot at the minute, I listen to a lot of him on YouTube, is um, Jordan Peterson. And he talks about, um, you know, the way that society's going now and that... Um, he's the political um, sort of activist as well, isn't he? We yeah, he's... he's yeah. been doing a lot of stuff on um, equal pay and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, equal yeah, yeah. pay. And he says, uh, basically, if you've never listened to this guy, go and listen to Jordan Peterson. I think he talks a lot of sense. But one of the uh, things that he spoke about on one of his uh, podcasts is that... Um, you know, is the is the term God, and you know, he was he talks, he goes back to Greek mythology, and you know, saying that the gods back then was like love, and uh, hatred, and you know, the, 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 the yeah, the different, and and, yeah. He, and he basically saying that hatred, love, um, guilt, all these emotions are eternal, so that they are the gods, and they'll be yeah. around until we're 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 gone yeah, uh, again yeah. pretty deep here and like yeah, going yeah, on to yeah. a different no, subject no, I but, you, um yeah I, I do believe in something but i'm not a religious person if yeah, that makes yeah. sense you know and i just believe that there's a faith there's something a bit higher more powerful than me happening. yeah, yeah, yeah. agnostic that is this is what it was what i am I yeah, was born yeah. a catholic raised a catholic yeah turned atheist for a while but mm. then uh, my mind was sort of opened that to the fact that we can't all mm. sort of be here by chance, mm. we can't have these these energy floating about that connects us so well. Well, I always say um, something makes the trees grow, something makes the sun rise, something created the moon. Yep. And no, no man yeah, yeah. created that. So yeah. something is doing that. There's yeah, a power, yeah. a force. Whether it's a, you think it's like um, an energy, or you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people reading the. The book, um, the law of attraction, now, and, yeah, and people yeah. believe in that type of faith. So there's, there's loads of different faiths you can believe in, but I think that you do need something um, to to help you, whether it's a religion or, yeah. or something else. But right. So then you moved to Cass. Yeah. Um, how come you didn't stay in the NRL, and how did the move come about? Were you tempted to stay? Um, obviously, it must have been a massive thing for you to sh for you and your partner and obviously your children to shift away from the rest of your family. How did it come about? Uh, why did it come about? And Yeah, look, um, I had an uncle that played for Wakefield. And um, as a kid in New Zealand, he used to be coming in, flying out for rugby, coming in, had another uncle play in France. And then um, as a kid, I was like, John man. <laughs> Robert Peeber, man. <laughs> um, no, and, and in my head as a kid, I used to be like, oh, well, these guys get to see the world yeah. playing rugby. And I go, man, I want to play rugby because I want to go see the world. I want to get paid to see the world and play rugby. So in my head, I always wanted to go to England. I just, there was always this mindset that I wanted to go to England. And then 
when I made NRL and my partner, we were on the same page. Like, you know, when I, when I get a bit older or if nothing's here for me, I want to go to England. Mm. So when we got the chance, um, I didn't take it because I signed, I re-signed with Manly. But then um, things happened. I went to Cronulla, had two years there. Um, but on my first year, um, Cass come in again and said, look, we, we want you to come over. But I still had one more year in Cronulla. So the in the position that I was, I played the whole of 2014, but in 2015, I only played so many games. And to get a visa here, you have to play 50%. Yeah. So at a certain date, I had to give my answer whether I'll take up Cronulla and back myself to play the next year or come to Cass and sign a free uh, two-year deal. Yeah. So in, in right at that time, for my family, I thought, this is the time to go, mm. you know? I felt like um, I was done with NRL, not in a negative way, but just like, I think we need to change and yeah. I think I need to go take my family away. And everyone says that when you go to England, you and the wife find a different level of yeah. love and teamwork and like, you know? Yeah. So from, from now I look at it and it was the best decision. I think everything worked to plan. I think we came to the right club. Yeah. I think we, we've met the right people. Um, we've got the best community around me and I have no family here, but I do say that I have like Cass family. Yeah, and it's it's weird that you sort of get put on a, a life path that is completely different. You yeah. never would have pictured yourself like living the life you're living now where you're living now. Yeah. The new friends you have, the, the, you know, the everything about it really. But this is sort of the bottom of the iceberg that, that Pete was talking about and the sacrifices because it's a gamble at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can come over here, you could get into straight away and, and, and have a completely adverse effect on the way you see cast fans, the way cast fans see you. Because you can come over and just get injured straight away and they'll be like, oh, he was terrible, do you know what I mean? Get mm. back over there. But then it, it sort of just, everything works out in, yeah. in the long run, do you know what I mean? It's, I always get these thoughts like about how my life and where it was going when I was a kid. And I, th I would have these sort of, not negative thoughts, but I'd have these thoughts about, oh, it's never going to happen. This is, this is never going to be the way it is, you know what I mean? And then, and you find yourself... <coughs> in a situation where you're like that year we were at 2017 when yeah. we were just having a hot run and yeah. making a grand final fucking it <laughs> um, but you know I got to that stage and you're walking out at Old Trafford which is just yeah. which is just so far from a kid from Byron Bay that's just doing uh, nothing you know what I mean yeah. um, it's just it's just mental but describe describe that if you can for what it's like from where you come from to sort of making making it in life um I think it came from my mindset. Yeah. At, at where, where it starts from is the mindset. When I knew I was coming to Cass, I had the mindset of it's going to be bad, it's going to be cold, and are you going to still love it? Yeah. And I said to myself, yeah, I can do the cold. You know, I might have some miserable days. Sweet, I'll take that. Um, the second one was like, I want to go there and make a statement. Like, I want to go there and be known as a good player, mm. not a player that just come here and just stuffed around and then went back home. And I said, I've got so many family members back home to make proud. Like, I have to make them proud. And, and when I got here that first 70, um, the 2017 year, it was like, our team was hot, man. Yeah. We had mad signings, we were winning games. And every win and every good game I played, like, my family would be like, oh, Jess, we've been watching you. We woke up at four in the morning and watch you. But freaking hell, you've played awesome. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's good, <laughs> it's good, you know? Yeah. So, so for me to walk out on Old Trafford from where I started, of the mindset of 
I'm coming here to kill it. I'm coming to England to stamp my authority. I'm coming here to make a statement. And to walk out on that grand final pitch was like, wow, this is what my mindset told me ages ago. But I couldn't even say the words yeah. that this would happen. Obviously, we lost. And everything doesn't always finish with a nice, um, pretty picture. Mm. But I think just that whole year was a great testimony of where we started as a family and where we ended as a club. Mm. Yeah, that's well put. Right. And then you made some shit signings anyway. Uh, we're, in part three. we're in part three there. We'll be back. <laughs> Stag Sports Performance Wear are the official supplier of all Rugby AM kit. From t-shirts to team wear, their kit is made to last with your own unique design. You can grab some of our exclusive Rugby AM gear by heading to rugbyam.co.uk forward slash shop. Or why not allow them to create your team's on and off field wear. One-off charity match shirts are specialty. Just email info at stag-sports.com for your bespoke quote today. All right, welcome back to the Jai and Woody show. Um, I got a bit bitter there. Sorry, Pete, towards the end. Are we talking about me or the other signings? <laughs> no, no, I was talking about the other signings. Oh. Um, yeah. We'll touch on a few, po- uh, touch on a few talking points. Um, Jackson Hastings to Wigan, George Williams to Canberra. Geez, they're colonising again, all yeah, over again. Yeah, the Wigan, the uh, the Wigan team attacking over Canberra. I know. What's uh, going on there? What What do you think of the What do you think of the signing first? With in Hastings, and what do you think of Williams going to the NRL? Yeah, I'm excited to see George Williams in the NRL. I think I think it's going to progress his game. I think it's what he needs to. Um, you know, become world class. Um, I know that I've spoke to people who've worked with Wayne Bennett, and they said that Wayne Bennett thinks he's absolutely magnificent. Really, uh, George Williams. It, apparently, he said if it, if George Williams spoke more, was a little bit more vocal, you know, he would be, a, you know, a world beater. But I think that it's a good move for George Williams. I hope he does really well. I like him as a player. Uh, I think he's skillful. He plays off the cuff. I think he'll have. No disrespect to Wigan, but I think he'll have better players around him as well, which will enhance yeah. his game. He'll have more people running off him and, and reading him a little bit more. So I think that's good. And the Jackson Hastings signing, you know, he's been it's been good for Salford, but yeah. um, I don't rate him as highly as George Williams. No, I don't rate him anymore because he he yeah. rushed me on the show. Exactly. Really? I think I think, it's good. I think it's good for Canberra. Like George Williams, what he's good at now, yeah, is what a half needs to be back at. He's got a good kicking game. He's got a good little skip on him, and and it it comes through a tough system. And Canberra's similar too. They're big. They're big team. um, But yeah, I I think he'll go right. What George Williams is is George Williams reminds me of of halfbacks when I was watching as a kid from like the age of eleven. Uh, 12, 13 years of age, you know, like people like Sean Edwards and Andy Gregory playing for Wigan, they've played a lot like how George Williams plays, a lot off the cuff. And these days, I, sometimes rugby annoys me, and it's, it's very, very structured. Halfbacks catch, pass, hit the front man, hit the back man, mm. or just cut out, pass. And it's, it, it doesn't seem like they read the game like they used to. I think it's a bit structured and you know, George Williams has a sort of a natural talent to be able to read a game and, and see gaps and defences and see when a, a winger's up and he can kick behind. Mm. I think he's a little bit more uh, instinctive like that and I think that will suit his game going to the NRL. Yeah, it's sort of, uh, the floodgates have sort of opened a little bit as far as English players going to the NRL and being a success story where for a few years there, 
uh, it was sort of they were coming, mm. not succeeding but not failing either but then coming back mm. but um look they're all killing it there at canberra and i guess the, the more the merrier is is what mm. everyone will be saying jackson hastings um with a clause in the contract to to go to the nrl jackson hastings is not coming on here is there because i just celebrated george williams no, 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 he's not oh has he been fucked he off might come on next week he might come on next week we can cut that out that's been, we must be you didn't say he was back you just said george yeah yeah i reckon hastings but hey so what about this NRL clause, though? Do you th- what do you think about that? Because obviously he's got two years there, but there's a clause in there that he can just go to the NRL at any stage. Is that saying? What? How would you? How do you feel about that? I mean, how would you feel if someone's joined Cass but they got that NRL clause in there? Because obviously it's it's to leave. Yeah. You wouldn't put the clause in if you didn't want to. Well, it's why leave. he went. It's <clears throat> why he went to Wigan and not Leeds, isn't it? Well, I mean, suppose Leeds sure. didn't have that clause. Suppo- disclaimer, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> someone, someone told yeah. someone who told me, but yeah. <laughs> mate, mate. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, is that off-putting? Would it be off-putting? No, nah, for me, I, I think um, Wigan are that type of team that can replace a player like that. Yeah. Where if he came to Cass and he left, we couldn't. Yeah. All right. So I think. If he goes, we can already have something ready for mm. someone else to come and play well or play like Jack yeah. Hastings. That's what I reckon. But for Cass, it wouldn't work and it'll be unfair because we know that we couldn't feel that real quick. But uh, look, they've re-signed their coach as well, which I always thought it was bizarre how they appointed Adrian Lamb the job and then had another coach appointed for the following year. I mean, that is just crazy to me, isn't it? Because if he goes really well, which they haven't gone really well, but if he did go really well, and he had another coach lined up, already signed. It, that's just extremely Well, bizarre. he is going really well now, and they, they've renewed his contract. So yeah, only be because uh, the other ones fell through. Yeah, well, that, that fell through like at the beginning of the year, but one, what I'm trying to say is, is it's inter- it would be interesting to know when those contract negotiations went on, because, what well, they won five on the bounce now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and they're sitting in fourth, but would, would that contract have been renewed if he didn't, say, they were in the six or seven years, yeah. uh, six or seven weeks ago, sorry, because yeah, there was there was near relegation. There, yeah, you know, no, so. it's a tricky one. And just um, just on Jackson Hastings, before we stop talking about him, Junior Moore says one ounce in the car park because you broke his hip. So I don't know what you want to do about that. <laughs> when he's back, when he's, back hey, he's, he's been getting boxing lessons of Junior. Yeah, he so. said he said he's been <laughs> he's been bedridden, so he can drop to um welterweight. Maybe bantamweight, um, depending on how long he's in hospital for. But uh, look, what else happened uh, around the grounds? Uh, State of origin. We haven't touched on this. It was an absolute cracker. Up the blues. Up the blues. You won't see, you won't see the passion here, but, mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> I had the baby man. I had to get me missus down. So come downstairs right now because the baby's screaming because I'm up every... I was giving her a bit... You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> did you catch the... <laughs> Did you catch the game? Yeah, watched it, yeah. Yeah, what did you think of it? Oh, you seemed really excited. Yeah, he was on Fortnite. He <laughs> looks <laughs> 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 like I come on. He had Fortnite on the big TV and then State of Origin on his phone. I had to call him anything. We scored, we scored. <laughs> I, I missed 10 minutes of it. I was, I was playing Fortnite. Priorities, bro. It was a great game. I started, I started, I started at, at half time and then I was in the last five in, in Fortnite, so... Mm. A full game porn goes to 20 minutes, doesn't it? Yeah. So. Um, Tedesco, best player on the planet at the minute. Are we in agreement with that? Yeah. I would say so. He's got to be up there. Second I mean. close would be Ponga. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Ponga's quite... At, I don't think Ponga's at his best. <coughs> That's uh, the scary thing. Mm, yeah. I think Tedesco's at his best. 
Yeah. Um, how long he continued that for is, you know, you don't know. Because he'd had some horrific injuries. Um, I played with Teddy at West and, and he just, I can call him Teddy, you know, Teddy. Um, <laughs> got, you know, we got each other's numbers. But um, no, nah, he just, just how he runs, how, yeah. he, how, he, how he moves. Uh, he just come up with some crazy injuries. Two ACLs. Um, he had a fractured scapula in yeah. one of our games. I mean, I don't even know. How do you fracture your scapula? Yeah, that's, how do you fracture your hip know. when you're 165 kilos? <laughs> like I don't know. Um, these questions will always live with me. But yeah, look, um, Kalen Ponga, I think, has the potential to be one of the best players in the world. But he's still so young, which yeah. is really scary, isn't he? I mean, he can just kill people with a straight defensive line. Woody, you watch much? You watch, do you watch Origin? Yeah, I do, man. But I've not watched the... Uh Again, I've been grafting all yeah. day. I've been yeah. working right so, Yeah, I will watch it. I will oh, yeah. watch it. Yeah. You want to know the score? No, I know. Well, I know we won the series, oh. so. Uh, but but I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch you it. know, just say Queensland won, Monkster would have got man of the match. Yeah. Because Monkster was good too. Yeah. I don't. I don't. If, if he if, was if real it went, good If it went too. the way he went, off, I, I don't know where you could put him. You could put him. He's a gun. He was. He was like him and Teddy were probably the same. Yeah. But because New South Wales won and he scored that try, yeah. it just made him better. Well, it's it, like any game, really. They, they normally give it to the team that wins. But I'm just saying, Munster wasn't far off. <laughs> oh. He's a done new boy. Um, He's not hey. trying to break us apart. No. Oh, I've got to call his riff where oh. I can. They're both on me. They've been teaming up with me since I got no, here. Next, <laughs> um, next time we'll drive up ourselves. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that kind of news. Randy Chase. Making his yeah. comeback. Oh, yes, the Sunday lad. Um, he's texting him. How do you think he'll go? Well, he's excited. Um, I think he's going to try and exploit every trick he's got. Yeah, <laughs> straight away. <laughs> tricks straight away. But um, yeah, it's a good story. I mean, a lot of people have their own opinions about him. I, I know Rangi pretty well, and you know, I think his upbringing comes f- through him when he's on alcohol, or you know, and I think. As a man, it's hard to get through and talk these problems out. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's state of mind round as well. Mm. Yeah. I know Rangi pretty well as well. I've had some good uh, conversations with mm. him and, uh, you know, he's, he's always, he's had some off-field battles mm. and uh, no doubt about it, he's a class player. Yeah. And uh, again, it goes back to, got to have everything lining up, aren't you? You've got to have your home life's got to be good. Yep. If your home life's not good, it will affect you on the field, it affects your training, so you've got to get everything right. But I really hope he does well because deep down he's a great guy, you yeah. know, and he's, and he's a good guy and uh, he's just made some bad choices in life, which everybody does, you know. Um, Andrew John said, the, the guy who says he's never made a mistake is telling a lie, and uh, I generally believe yeah, that. You know, everyone yeah, makes 100%. mistakes, but you've got to learn from them. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, the, it's the it's the easy, easy learning from them. I mean, that's the question that everyone asks. That's a tough question. It's hard for me, me to say, is, is, he, is he learning from them? Would, would he get back in Super League? Is it too yeah. late for him to get back in Super League now? You know what I mean? How old is yeah. he? 32, 33? Nah, he's about 35 now. No, about nah, 32, 32. 32, 33, yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, look, that's the challenge that faces him. Uh, does he want it? Um, does he have the drive to be there? Hopefully, because it would be... I'd like it to be a success story for him personally after mm. going through everything he's gone through. Obviously, some of it, a lot of it self-inflicted. But look, if you want to turn it around, there's every platform to do so. Um, I just right. hope he does it right this time. Yeah. 100%. So whatever he didn't do, I don't want to wish the bad other on time. The no, I just for him, whatever he did wrong the the other time, the first time before he got done, I hope he does it right this time and he can say I did my best. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And just then, finish on a high. I'll be, I'll be happy with him. He's yeah. got a good story as well. Mm. So I think for Rangi, 
he's got a good story and, and you know if he can make a success of it and he can tell the story to you know the younger generation to say look don't make my mistakes because you know he's been a superstar over here he's been winner man of steel winner you know all the kids look up to him um, so you know he can play a big part in in the community as well and, and the rugby league community so mm. i hope he does well because he is a good guy yeah and speaking of man of steel uh four aussies <laughs> at the top one two three and four aussie 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 it's pretty hard because I, I think there could be more Saints players yeah. in there, but yeah. just because they're all playing good collectively. Yeah, Lachlan, you, Lachlan, you know Lachlan, I mean? is Lachlan Coote in there? No, yeah, he's, he's third, I think. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree, totally agree. I mean, you've like Johnny Lomax, killing it. He's got a. He's got to be one of the best players yeah. in the field each week, but he's yeah. just been outshined by a Blake Austin or a, or a, I mean, not Blake Austin, sorry, he's on the other Cree. team. Um, yeah, uh, James Roby or, you know, what? Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. they've got some gun players. Um, what do you think of that? Because now clubs have released the um, the players that are on quota. And then, so it's five quota spots, full quota spots, uh, and then two non-federation trained for everyone that doesn't know, a quota spot is either an Australian or a New Zealand passport. It's um, federation-trained countries. So half quota spots is your um, Polynesian Islands, um, Samoa, Tonga, uh, Fiji. Um, and then I think non-federation-trained can be like a Mitch Clark if you have heritage here but moved to um, Australia, half-half. Uh, um, do you think they should... I personally think they should open the quota spots. The argument from the British point of view, is that no, we don't want that to open the spots because you take British kids' spots. But my argument back to that is, if, you, if, you're, if you're good enough, mm. you're good enough. You know yeah. what I mean? If you work hard enough, we talked about it, sacrifices, if you work hard enough, you'll make it, mm. correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from for me growing up, when I was a kid and, and we used to bring a lot of Aussies over here, it did sort of, a lot of, a lot of players have come over here from Australia and, and sort of not made the impact that they've they've meant to be. And, yeah. and to be honest, I've worked with some and they've tossed it off, you know, and I think it's a lot more professional now. I think yeah. when the Aussies come over, they do know that Super League's a competition what you've got to take seriously. Uh, probably going back about 20 years, uh, some Aussies did come over and didn't take yeah. it seriously. Yeah. And it was sort of like yeah. an holiday. So that was seen and frowned upon by, um, by spectators that these players were coming, taking a wage, also taking a young Englishman spot, yeah. and and, yeah. and it was it was frowned upon. But now I think <coughs> it is different, and and uh, I agree with what you're saying. I think you know if we're going to bring Aussies in, and, and there's English kids just as good as, as the Aussies, you know. So yeah. it's as long as there's not that. We've always had that mentality over here, um, club owners and stuff, that the Aussies are better than the English, and you know we've we've got to bring them in to win grand finals. But you you necessarily don't have yeah, to. No. Yeah, no. I, I like the having the max like a cap on it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's because there's no reserve grade as well. So, no. yeah. you know, what I mean, you've got young kids who is it a academy? That's the last thing before. Yeah. And then you've got a separate company so championship yeah, that take. You the can't go nowhere. We're back home. We we have those things where. Yeah. If you're not in the first team, you st as a young kid, you still have something to look forward to yeah. to make. But I, I don't mind that cap thing because I like seeing English English players play. And, yeah. you know, people say we come here and then, you know, they, like, NRL take all the players here. But yeah. those players probably want to go there because they want to play for the best players. It's not because they're getting paid more. They're probably getting paid less, but yeah. they just want to go play for the best. And there's no sort of, uh, there's no way around it. 
they can afford more money in the NRL. You've got guys on a million a year. You've got guys that are on the Super League cap for the year in the NRL. I mean, you're never, cash is king. You're never going to win. If someone can better their family with a million a year over 150, you're going to take the million. But my thing is, when you open the cap, it's you're not poaching marquee players from Australia anymore. That's not what it's about. Because you've only got limited positions. Clubs see that as a, a key sort of ingredient in their squad to get the big money signing. If you look at all squads, generally the top couple of players are Australian. That's how it is over here. But opening up the quota positions for me sort of fizzles all that out and you can get players that are playing in reserve grade back home. There's so much talent. We talk about the Aboriginal knockout. We talk about all, all these things. Um, you could get two or three players for 60 grand. Do you know what I mean? You could, they could replace the players that are, in, that are in the academy that aren't ready for the step. Let's face it, they're not ready for that step to Super League straight away. And they sort of just dwell in there until they realise they might not be good enough and then they fizzle out and get a, get a job anyway. Do you know what I mean? You could get... If you look at the players, let's say at Cass, ex- excluding you because you did play a fair bit in NRL and so did you, but we all played... Me, you, Junior and Milo, we all played majority of our careers in reserve grade. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That, that's how it was. I think at that stage, if you were offered when you're at Windsor Wolves, forty thousand pounds, you would snap that straight up, eh? Because you weren't on like I was on ten thousand, ten thousand Australian dollars in well, while I worked. If someone offered me thirty thousand pounds, yeah, I'm talking about six times my wage there. Yeah. You could get three players, and you're not even at a hundred k. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and I'm talking like young, hungry kids that are 18, 19, 20 years old that haven't got the chance to play NRL that might not get the chance to play NRL that take the opportunity to come over here, thrive, build a life build a family yeah. and live here for 10 years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What if, you you mean. Got, if, if, you, if you open it up, there's going to be <coughs> three three of the best teams with every every player will probably be from... Yeah, from but you've still, got yeah. The, you've still got the cap so they can't, they can't spend, do you know what I mean? But look, does that build the, does that build the Super League? Does it build it? You've got no academy players. We then still that have ready. that problem now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's you look at the top teams and you look at the the roster. It's way more than our like Cass roster. If you, yeah, if you put uh, it that way, uh, we have no marquee. But that's what I mean. But then if you know what I mean, but so then they will <coughs> have like let's you're say only allowed to two marquees. You're only allowed the two marquees. Remember. Mm. So they might be able to get two better players, but the rest of them, they're still going to have to fill. And look, they're going to get British guys that are, that are worth more than 30 or 40 grand. So they'll sign the British guy. Yeah. What I'm saying is, you could get three Australian reserve grades that have yeah, played yeah. a few NRL games I get for 30, 30, from. 40 grand each. You could. And, yeah. and But instead, they spend 60 grand on like 15, 15-year-olds that are coming through the club that have to come under the cap. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's just... If yeah. I knew how good it was... How good this comp was in championship because championship is probably one of the toughest comps I've played in. I would have came over as a younger kid yeah. instead of doing pre seasons and not knowing I was going to play or doing twenties. Yeah, if so Cass I, off I feel you, like I feel like would have made made me yeah better quicker just because of how tough both comps are. But yeah. at the same time, it's I don't know. There's always going to be yeah. flaws. It's weird. It's a weird one. If Cass offer you say 40, 40 grand when you're playing at Windsor Wolves, you take that. Yeah. Yeah, because that's probably like what five times you what you're earning yeah. at that stage. Do you know what I mean? But Jesse had ten kids at seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got mouths to feed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's just look. It's just an idea. I'd yeah, like I'd little. like to see him open the the salary cap. I just don't think it's worked for rugby league. Just capping yeah. it. I really yeah. don't because you know 
like this, it's the same teams that are sort of. But I think if you open the every, if you open the cap, that it's that gets them further apart because Cass have just started spending the cap. Um, Wakey think, are just starting to just spend the cap. But we we'll lose talent as well. I think we we'll lose talent, and um, you know I think the finances need to increase for rugby players. For for rugby rugby league is a tough sport, very very tough sport. Yeah. For it to appeal to people to want to take it serious and make a career out yeah. of it and make the sacrifices that we've been saying as we've said a lot of people fall through the net because they don't want to make the sacrifices we've got to make it a little bit more financially rewarding yeah. for those players some players will quit rugby league because they can earn more money yeah. getting a job well, that, yeah. back home with the salary cap everyone was talking about they wanted to make it bigger but then the first things club will do will give most of the money to your best players. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? So what they did was they moved the minimum up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing worse than knowing mm. you, you have to do a full preseason. You know, you know you can make more money playing part time and yeah. working, yeah. but you want to play Super League. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they've, and they've, that's changed since we came through that. I mean, I think the minimum was thirty, but there were still guys that were on like. 20 and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. full time in, living in Sydney and yeah. if your parents aren't there like you are fucked because yeah. you're not going to be able to afford they're not going to be afford that yeah. do you know what I mean but now the minimum's at 80 and they're talking about moving it to 120 I think yeah. which is like now you're talking money I fucking if you want to miss that shit <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then it takes us onto a subject about like the development of young kids in this country you know how do we get the English kids to be as good as the, the Aussies and um, Can you imagine you know, a minimum of 120 grand? I think that drives a lot of people to be a bit better. Do you know what I mean? You talk about I like fa- I think financially, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of players my age who weren't willing to make the sacrifices because they had they could get good jobs and yeah. earn good money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, yeah, it's, I think finances does play a part because you know how tough is this game to play, and you don't yeah. want to. And the other thing you've got to think about as well is. You know, I, I made my debut when I was 18. I retired when I was 33. My body's knackered, absolutely mm. knackered. I don't think a lot of people want to... Literally knackered. Literally knackered. knackered. But, you know, people don't want to put themselves um, through through that for, 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 you know, for a little financial gain. Yeah, uh, if you can get the money in a second-year apprentice the same as you can get in a Super League academy, yeah. no yeah. wonder you leave. Mate, yeah. I'm telling you now... Towards the end, I was playing for financial reasons. I didn't love the game enough to put my body through what I was putting my body through. Um, But yeah, um, I I do think money does play a big part. I think a lot of kids who play rugby league, I'd say the majority of them, they come from backgrounds where they have nothing. So our motivator is financial. We Mm. want financial gain out of it. Not saying for ourselves so we can go and spend it extravagant, but we want to provide for our families and for our kids. Mm. And... um, you know, so that's why I think financially it's got to get better rugby league. It has. Mm. They've put a lot in to the pathways of the NRL. The RLPA over there is doing a pretty fantastic job with. They sort of dominate the NRL. It's sort of swung around. You know what I mean? They yeah. control. They they've got things in place where they say no. We want the minimum here, and we want this to rise. We want yeah. uh, help with players' families. We want this. We want you know clubs are stepping in. We want to fly their family out for their debut. We want to do this. We want to make it special, and I think um. The Super League is a fair way away from that, and which is hurting the game and the players mm. coming through it. It's um, tough as well because you, 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 unfortunately, you have to retire at a young age. Yeah. You know, you, you, when you're 30, you're still a young man, yeah. and you've got to retire. So, and a lot of people to, don't know the real world. 
mate, I'm in the real world now and it's such a shock. It's hard, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's hard because I'll be honest, there's days where I just think, fuck, I want to play rugby. I just want it because that's what I know. That's what I, I know how to do it. And, you know, I don't have to stress as much about it. But there's stuff now, what's coming into my life, I'm like, fuck, I've never done this before. I'm learning a new skill and I'm 37 years of age. And yeah. It's quite scurvy. But, um, you know, financially, it'd be nice if I could see players now retiring in, say, 10, 15 years' time, be in a position where financially they're in, in a good position. But then that also... Paying them more money doesn't mean they're going to be in a better position financially. I think they've got to clue them up out, out of um, how to deal with the money yeah. as well, you know, so make sure they do have something when they've finished. Yeah, well, the NRL uh, has a fund, which obviously we know about, um, a retirement fund where the, the, the rules to um, be valid for the player is um, to play a minimum of four games that aggregate year or... Um, be in the top be registered as a top 25 player and um basically it's grown from about two thousand pound a year or two thousand dollars a year sorry to up to 12 i think it is now or maybe 14. There, there was there was two years in a row when i was up about 12 and 13 i think it's yeah. gone back down to 10 now yeah so ten thousand per ten thousand per year you play in the nrl so for example someone in, in your position that played what 12 13 how many, how many years you play in super league um, 14. 14 years, so, so you, you know, you'd, you'd, be yeah, you'd have 140,000 pounds. And, and when you yeah. so your Cameron Smiths and stuff, you're looking at, you're looking at 150, 160,000 um, in a retirement account. And what this does is it allows people to transition yeah. off the rugby. You yeah. might not know what you want to do, you might not have done anything. And for a lot of people, especially if you've got quite a, a big amount in there, is you all you've known is rugby league. Mm. It sort of gives you some financial freedom to say look i don't want to live here anymore i want to relocate i only came down here for rugby league i want to move back to where my family is but for someone like me i couldn't have that luxury i'd have to go straight into the working world i mean i don't know about you guys but i'd have to just transition study straight into it, work. that'd be a nice to have that bit of a buffer there to be able to study and sort of get some life experience in a workplace mm. and do a workplace placement yeah. for maybe a year or 12 months. I suppose that financial back in there yeah. would give you that. And, and that for me would be a great way to transition into from rugby league to work because you finish playing rugby on a Sunday and then you go in, you're going to work on Monday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not quite that dramatic, but you know, probably a couple for of a months. For a lot of people, yeah. For probably, uh, you know, some players will get a month or two months and then, and then they're working and it's like, it's a massive culture shock. It really is. Yeah, I mean, um, and the RLPA has put that in place with the NRL. And what it actually does is, with the cap rising in the NRL, they say, right, we're taking X amount from each mm -hmm. club. So they take, say, 250 grand from each club. It's actually the players' money, but the players don't know about it, which is a really great idea because you know a lot of players they just if you're 18, 19, you you're not you're not earning much and you piss it up the wall on the weekend with the boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how it goes. But so it's sort of not for you, lad, but because <laughs> you can't drink for shit. Um, but um, <laughs> no, just your saves money drinking. Eh? <laughs> uh, pathetic. Um, no, look, it's really good. I think I think the Super League could benefit from it. I think um, it would be a great initiative for them to take on. I know RL Cares is doing massive things uh, yeah. and trying a lot. I know Gaz Carvel, uh, who's at Bradford now and an ex-player, he's doing a lot to help the boys. 
um, and it's good. I hope it continues. I hope it gets to where it needs to be. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say though as well. That there is a lot of avenues now for people to go down. There is support out there. So you know, the rugby league are doing a great job now, putting um, funding and courses. Rugby league curs helped me uh, with my master's degree and, and funded a lot of it. Uh, and without them, you know, I, I would have been struggling. Can't believe you got a master's. Uh, I can't. To be honest. Oh, I can. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he made me read again. Yeah. <laughs> taught you to read um <laughs> yeah right um, yeah that almost concludes the show boys um yep. here we watch love island who's gonna win love island i don't watch it bro but yeah nah pete you got a winner for us because really, i'm still angry oh. just the whole show i like um, I'll, I'll, I'll i watch it yeah, but it's it's it frustrates the shit out of me like edge of tommy and molly isn't well, i just don't get how people go tommy and molly to, are to gonna win love right yeah okay you get coupled up for four weeks you tell each other you like each other you know I'll never leave you whatever blah 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 one of them gets voted off <laughs> the other one cries but stays on the show still so yeah. they're obviously they're just for the money really because their Instagram followers are going through the roof yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's I think I, I read an article a hundred you mean you, you're, you're guaranteed a minimum of a hundred thousand pounds a year just through promotional mm. promotional value um, when once you leave the show so I mean that's probably why they're staying on there because they're oh, not really looking for love. But also, the producers have got to put their hand out there as well. Like they're just, they're playing, they're playing, they're the playing with fate, aren't they? they? They're just like, all right, eh? they're, as if they're not just poaching certain people to come in. Yeah. I mean, when Anna thought that she was with um, that guy, they just go and get out a six foot basketballer, and she just went, okay. <laughs> like as soon as he walked in, they poked him twice. Real names, no gimmicks. But look, that was just that's planned. Yeah, that's planned the, for you television. Can't, you can't put three people in the same show and they've all DM'd each other on Instagram. Yeah. Just Do you reckon the producers go, hey, I want you to be a snitch and start drama? 100%. Well, I had, I had a friend, right? You know, you, know, you, know, you know that show back home, A Farmer Wants a Wife, right? Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So we, we, <laughs> we got farmer wants a wife. So we, 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 had a, we had a girl mate, Trust and she, she, she just got told to go in there and stir the pot for a yeah. couple of weeks. Oh, I see. Okay. Mean? Yep. So farmer you know, wants a wife. Good show. Yeah, just yeah, it just it's just funny. Yeah, you have to be a farmer, Woody. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. it's a group of cowboys <laughs> and they all get these like inner city wives instead of the wives they got out, out in the country, which are also lovely people. Anyway, <laughs> that um that concludes the show. Yep. Boys, absolute pleasure. Thanks for thanks for coming on on short notice as well. Woody, as always, thank you. Um we'll see you next week. This is a Rugby AM production.